Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is round three of our NHL retro reverse jersey bracket. Today we're pitting the, what is it, the New Jersey Devils against the Pittsburgh Penguins. A couple of Metropolitan Division rivals, Mario Lemieux on the right and God knows who on the left. Chico Rash. <laughs> but I'm voting for Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh, slam dunk. Mario Lemieux, Yermer Jaeger, pens. I love it. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yeah, buddy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. And uh, we are coming at you live. Game Plus Television. WQEE Radio. Shout out Ryan O'Radio in Metro Atlanta. I want to hear from the Atlanta peeps today in the state of Georgia. They're going to be coming up here in a very interesting poll, which I'm going to be reading in moments. Uh, joining us is always the co-host from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, Darren Moose Dupont joins us and i will get to uh some of the howdies and hellos from everybody today your dad's watching clark just want to point this out here rod monroe says good morning to the best sports talk team rod darren and crew and that includes his son clark monroe what's up moose what do you got for me today how's my hair today i've been very self-conscious about my hair today after yesterday is it better? Oh, Darren, come on. You know you got the best television. Mm. Sorry, you got the best hair in television. Don't worry about it. I'll tell you this. I don't know what the temperature is where you are, but tonight I'm going to be running Rod's taxi back and forth from the airport, people rolling in for the NHL All-Star festivities here. And I don't know, what one of the guys I'm picking up is Rich Sutter. I'm looking at my phone right now, and he was upset. He's like, it's raining down there. Is it raining? And I'm like, no, it's like 27 and sunny, bro. Celsius, that's 81 Fahrenheit, very steamy. Uh, so I'm excited to be running the taxi, getting ready for the awesome. NHL All-Star festivities, heading down to Sunrise this afternoon to get my pass. It's just going to be fantastic. Coming up on today's program, the voice of the Edmonton Elks and for 18 seasons, radio color commentator of the Edmonton Oilers, Morley Scott. He's a great guy. And uh, also Arash Madani, another great guy from Rogers Sportsnet and host of Blue Jays broadcasts. By the way, speaking of the orders, let's get it out of the way now. The poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Capital has dealerships all across the Canadian prairies, the state of California, the city of Edmonton. It's round three of our jersey bracket. And today, can you help me out? I don't ask for much. I, I feel like you need... I need your help to vote for the Los Angeles Kings today, okay, against the Edmonton Oilers. Nothing against the Oilers. They were my childhood team, but that thing, that Kings jersey is a thing of beauty. Yes, it looks like an imperial margarine container for those of uh, <laughs> that ilk in a superstore, sorry, in a grocery store near you, but I want L.A. to win. Florida went down in the first round. I don't know why, but that's okay. It's this jersey. It's my favorite jersey in NHL history. Please vote for the L.A. Kings and help me out. I, it's up to every, It's a vote, so you can vote whoever for whatever you want. It's a democracy. But I got the L.A. Kings. I want them to win the whole darn thing. Moose, who are you voting for in our poll today? Round three 
of the Jersey yeah, market. Yeah, don't ask. Pretty easy. It's got to be L.A. But the problem is, and you just kind of alluded to it a little bit, we have so many Edmonton viewers and listeners of the program yep. that sometimes the mm -hmm. fan base will just win the poll no matter if it's deserving or not. That was the old Rough Riders problem, right? Any poll on TSN, any poll anywhere, play of the year, didn't matter if it was a better play or not. They won just because more people voted. So, And I think that's what's catching the Winnipeg Jets on this wave you know, in our jersey bracket too. So um, here's hoping that justice reigns and that the, the Kings win because they deserve it. Uh, let's get the viewership up. Start spreading the news. We're live on Game Plus TV. The listenership as well on WQEE Atlanta, uh, Metro Atlanta, specifically Noonan, Georgia, and uh, YouTube Live. I'll get to your questions and comments when I can, but this is the warm-up. This is our time later on as viewer takeover. I long for the day, Darren, that I don't need to say that because, as you know, I say it every single day. They don't listen. Woosa. Their problem, not mine. Other than to say, Kevin the Medium's written in and says, your hair looks Hollywood. It looks beautiful. <laughs> Actually, it's John Ohm that says Hollywood. Kevin the Medium says it looks beautiful, Moose. So just so you know, yeah, you're good. You're good. You're, whatever you did there, Ben Stiller. Something about Mary. Okay, <laughs> can you hit the quick six show horn, please? <laughs> Trust me, we're getting to the Bull Horvat stuff, okay? So just hold on to your bingo cards. There was one game in the NHL Monday night. Mark Shifley and Josh Morrissey each scored twice in the third period as the Winnipeg Jets erased a 2-0 deficit and posted a 4-2 victory over the visiting St. Louis Blues. Shifley's goals were his 30th and 31st of the season as the Jets snapped a three-game losing skid. Former Edmonton Oil King Jake Neighbors and Nikita Alexandrov scored for the Blues, who led 2-1 with 11 minutes to go in the game. So I can't imagine there's too much to complain about in Winnipeg. They'll find something like any NHL fan base, particularly in Canada, but they came back and won a Central Division matchup. All is good today. The Vancouver Canucks insist they made their best offer to re-sign Bo Horvat before dealing him to the New York Islanders Monday for forwards Anthony Bouvillier and Atu Ratu and a protected first-round draft pick. General Manager Patrick Elvin told reporters Monday night that the Canucks never closed any doors negotiating with their 27-year-old all-star captain, but when they couldn't reach a deal last week, they decided to start building for the future. So we'll spend a minute on that before we move on to all-star festivities and get into the real fun stuff. The Hughes family, Kevin and Jake, are big uh, viewers of ours in Airdrie, but they're huge Canucks fans. They have their thoughts on Horvat being traded. I think everybody does. This is a team captain. He's a Canadian kid from London, Ontario. We've frankly been following his career since, I, I think you'd agree, he came on our radar at the 2013 Memorial Cup with his London Knights. Um, I got a lot of thoughts. The Islanders clearly think that their season is salvageable and they're within striking distance of Pittsburgh in that metropolitan division. Um, they had to give up something to get something, three for one, two players and a first-round pick. That's not small, Darren. I think for Vancouver fans, they're upset because Bo Horvat's a great player. From what I've seen, and I saw them play here two weeks ago, he's a quality leader. He's not that kind of player you want to move on from. But if they couldn't get him signed, does that not tell you he doesn't want to be in Vancouver? He's had a largely terrible time there. They've only made the playoffs once in his existence as a Vancouver Canucks. So it signaled a lot of things to me. Vancouver is moving on, finally, and the Islanders think they can save their season.
Yeah, they do. And Bo Horvat's the guy who can come in and make an instant impact on Long Island. I mean, I really think so. He's putting up points. He's going to continue to do that. He's a leader, obviously, you know, wearing the C in Vancouver. So he's going to provide that impact. They've got good goaltending in New York, too. So there's some pieces there to potentially get in and go on a little bit of a run, which you like to see. You know, I compare Vancouver's situation a little bit to Winnipeg's last year. You know, things were not going anywhere near expectation. You know, they have talent on the roster, but weren't getting it done. What did they do? They stripped the captaincy from Blake Wheeler, right? Moved on from their captain, essentially, and brought in a new coach, and the culture changed a little bit, and boom, same pieces went to the cup. Now, they didn't strip the C from Bo Horvat, but you move on from your captain. You remove all leadership, your captain, your coach, and now we can really reset the culture. So sometimes you have to lose something to gain something, and I think that's the situation in Vancouver. Let's hear from the Vancouver audience. 902-518-3033 is the number to reach us right here in the studio, but you can also write in on the YouTube feed. I don't see it like Winnipeg much at all because Winnipeg had had success with Blake Wheeler as their captain. Vancouver hasn't had any success with anybody as their captain ever. Well, not since 1994 anyways. I mean, they really wanted Bo Horvat to stay. He really wanted to leave. I don't know that Blake Wheeler ever really wanted to leave Winnipeg. I see what you're saying. Make small changes and get back to optimum playing level, but the Canucks haven't yeah. been an optimum playing level. So, uh, anyways, there it is. Uh, from BW in Edmonton, he says, Rod and Moose, did you see it's almost 25 years since the last Canucks Islanders trade? Linden trade for a young Bertuzzi. How about that? Uh, Jennifer How about from the that? season says, Good morning, everyone. Looks like Bedard could be going to Vancouver with that trade. Well, we're going to see, aren't we? We're going to see. We got two months left in the regular season. You still can't guarantee. It's a great segue, by the way, for my next point. You can't guarantee even by tanking that you're going to get the number one overall pick. So I like that with the lottery. Uh, that's our take. I'd love to hear our viewers as we move on to point two. And that is simply... NHL All-Star Memories, um, I've been doing a lot of reading. Oh, there's a lot of coverage. on. They were talking about it on the radio down here, that there's events all over South Florida. Everybody's excited, and they should be. The NHL All-Star Week is here. Uh, as I said, I'm picking up NHL personalities tonight from the airport. It's going to be big fun. They want to go out to eat when they get here. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty late for an old fart like me, but we'll see. We'll see, Moose. Gary Bettman, tomorrow, Wednesday, marks the 30-year anniversary of him being the commissioner of the National Hockey League, of him being hired and named commissioner of the National Hockey League. I've been reading this, and they said Bettman copied the NBA on a lot of things. That's where he came from. He copied the draft lottery idea. I would suggest it's worked. I like that. He stole NBA All-Star Weekend ideas with the skills competition and uh, various fan voting and stuff like that. I mean, you wouldn't think these are very groundbreaking ideas, but somebody had to come up with them, and it was the NBA in a lot of ways. Bettman stole them. Who cares? Nothing really is original in our business. Um, the question tomorrow will be, do you like Gary Bettman? Put me down as a yes. I won't ask you your question until tomorrow. Uh, but th there's a lot of events. It's exciting. I mean, we're going to be live on location from the Beach House on Friday. NHL personalities coming down for there. Are you getting a sense that there's a buzz in South Florida, Darren, for the NHL All-Stars coming to town? Well, it's filling my social media feeds, too. The NHL is doing a great job targeting people. Like, yeah. I mean, 
and I'm and I'm a sucker for it. You know, I'm getting these things popping up from the NHL. How well do you know the NHL players? How well do you know the All-Star history? And I'm hitting on all those quizzes and playing them and testing my knowledge and doing pretty well, actually, too. That's a good thing. But we're having lots of fun with it, and, and we're seeing replacements for the All-Star game coming in, um, lots of different yeah. cool things happening. And I think the players, too, are excited to take a little break here and, and go to South Florida, warm market, middle of winter, and enjoy All-Star weekend. So it's going to be great. Yeah, Chandler Stevenson, good friend of the show of the Vegas Golden Knights, is coming in as an injury replacement. I see that Jake, one of our audience, said, uh, want to know our thoughts that Bo Horvat will continue to play in the NHL All-Star game representing Vancouver, even though he's now in the Metropolitan Division. And they always do this. I think he's earned the right to be an NHL All-Star, and that's how it works. This, this, that, that's not new that they would do that. And uh, NHL All-Star memories. There's one that very clearly comes to mind for me. And it was 1997. I think we all know it. Owen Nolan versus Dominic Hasek. Nolan came down and called his shot in the top right corner of the net on Hasek. And he put it there. And by the grace of God, I've, as you know and the viewers know, I've had a wonderful life. Been able to be around and be with these celebrities. I did an event with Owen Nolan one time. And I asked him about that, and he felt bad about it. Because he showed up, sh showed up Dominic Hasek. That wasn't his intent, Darren. That probably wouldn't surprise you. He came in on the left wing, his off wing. It was fun. It was an all-star game. We're all goofing around. It was like his scrimmage. Points to the top of that. Bink. Oh. Hey, if you notice, he didn't really celebrate it. He felt bad. That's the old Nolan, yeah. old Nolan take on that in 1997. Do you have one? Yeah, it's the same one um, because <laughs> I remember that plain as day watching it. That was the height of like when I was really getting into hockey. And then that replay, that play was a fixture on the next uh, edition of Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em. And I remember it clearly, you know. Owen Nolan calls his own shot. He scored a hat trick. The game was in his own arena in San Jose. In San Jose. Called the shot, yep. hat trick at home, and for some crazy reason, he didn't even win the MVP of the All Star game. Like, I that was the biggest, you know, gaff I think is that he didn't win the MVP in his own rink when he scores a hat trick and calls his own shot. But that highlight will live on uh, forever. Well, it's funny, by the way, on Noah Nolan, it was. <laughs> We got to get him on. I don't know if I gave Clark his phone number or not. He is not what I expected. I mean, I, all hockey guys are good guys, in my opinion. But he was more like Al Borland from Tool Time. He was more like the neighbor. He's a handyman. He's just an average guy. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. 2002 Olympic gold medal hockey game, uh, he had a handy cam on the bench. I don't know if I ever told that story on there. He's videotaping from the bench the final moments of the game. And the coach, it was a Pat Quinn, kicked him in the seat of the pants yep. and said, get out there. And he's like, no, I'm filming. He stayed <laughs> on the bench to videotape the end of the game. And I said, what have you done with that video? And he's like, uh, it's still on the camcorder, I think. Never looked at it. I'm like, oh, my God. What would that be worth? But that's I know. Owen Nolan, just so real, so not a big deal. Can't finish the game, I'm filming here hello now speaking about hockey guys being good guys and i do want to just say this about uh, don our navy friend has written it on gary bettman 
And he says Bettman's longevity as NHL commissioner is something the CFL can only dream about. He's done a great job. He's still a bit of a weasel, though. Who knows? He's been great to us. There's no doubt about that. He's the longest-serving commissioner of the big four major North American sports. That's got to count for something, too. I'm glad he brought up the CFL comparison because we'll get into this after the break, but he made NHL stars global stars. You've heard me talk about that quite a bit, Theo Fleury, Rich Sutter. They're global stars. How did Bettman go about doing that in the 90s? And I give him credit for that in a lot of things. But the other thing is the Bobby Hull it's been 24 hours since news came out of his passing, and the coverage has been polarizing. You know what I'm talking about. Bobby had a very checkered off-ice history, and that's as much come to the fore as his wonderful exploits on the ice. And I'm wondering where our audience falls on the great Bobby Hull. Hockey Hall of Famer. So sit tight, everybody. We'll debate it all when we come back, and we haven't even got to the football yet. We will. It's the RP Show, and this is the warm-up. Morley Scott and Arash Madani on the way on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and WQEE 99.1 FM. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. It sure is, and it is episode number 929 of your favorite daytime sports talk show on WQEE Radio and Game Plus Television, plus your favorite podcast platform. And we stream on YouTube as well as a luxury to those who consume it there. Let's bring in uh, the Moose. And Moose, I'm trying to stay focused. I've thrown out some pretty significant topics here, which I knew we would. I'll tell you, go to our Instagram account and watch the story. Every morning I put on there what we're going to talk about. It gives you some time to think about these things. For instance, all-star memories and so forth. And Bobby Hull, the man versus the player, they were two very different things. Uh, 24 hours after his passing, it's been debated lustily. So I just want to say from our viewers, regarding the All-Star game, John Ohm, Ohm in Winnipeg says, when are they going to take the NHL All-Star game outdoors? How about that? It's a good idea. How about that? And I will let them, I'll let them debate it. Robin in Prince Albert 
says, I will keep saying now that there's no rivalry series in the Canadian Hockey League, which was the Canada versus Russia series that we had for years. He said the WHL needs an all-star game. Yes. Ryan, do they have an all-star game in that Southern Pro Hockey League? The league, the Atlanta Gladiators are in and the River Kings. Those all-star games are great, Darren. I was at a million of them. And just forgive me the ramble here for a second. I'm trying to get everything out. <laughs> in 98, we had one in Regina. I am seated. Skills competition. We brought in the NHL skills. All the same equipment. All the same guys that ran the NHL equipment. Hardest shot, fastest skater, most accurate shooter, all that stuff. And I am seated on the ice. The Agardome was full. And I'll never forget because the all-stars were bugging me about my uh, goalie skates that I was wearing. Because, of course, you know hockey people. Oh, we can't wear goalie skates out there. Why not? They're my skates. And if I don't wear my goalie skates and put on somebody else's, I'll probably fall over. Because they're, 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 they're a unique kind of skate. Secondly, have you seen this thing going around, Moose? Spitting chiclets and bar down the rink and Lang, Saskatchewan. You must have seen this by now. For those that don't know, and I'll get Darren's opinion in a second, it's... I played in that rink tons of times, and the dressing rooms are on the second floor. It's a typical Lang thing. Why would you put the dressing rooms on the second floor? But they did, and when you walk down the catwalk, there was a drawbridge. For lack of a better term, a drawbridge that rose up and down. So you had to like walk out on the thing for it to drop to walk down on, and once the whole team went off it, they would pull the thing and they would come back up. Well, guess what? As the starting goalie for every game, like I was, who was the first guy to come out of the room, <laughs> down the catwalk, and onto that thing? Just tell oh, me. Who was it, no. Darren? Yeah. Jafal? It was me. No. I, no. I would walk down the catwalk and then stop and then look over my shoulder, and it was usually Wade Beck or Greg Henry by number. And I'm like, nope. One of you guys do it. So then they yeah. would do it. But I would never do it because I was afraid of going out too far and basically killing myself. I think it was a threat. Yeah. How is that even legal now, occupational health and safety? How is that still a thing in Lang, Saskatchewan? I, I thought that rank burned down or they tore it down. And by the way, the goalie for the Lang Knights, his nickname was Hitler. So let's get, a, let's get back <laughs> on the Bobby Holt thing. His nickname was Hitler and everybody thought it was okay. I know. I'm at, what if you what if you had to take a leak and you were in the dressing room and the game started? You couldn't get on the ice because the stairs came down onto the ice over top of the glass. But um, that photo actually came up from uh, Braden Conchu, the sports information director in Regina. I looked it up him. He posted it on Twitter to his like 500 followers. But it got caught on, caught on, and eventually it's gone viral, and now it's all over about Lang, Saskatchewan. But that's good old Saskatchewan rink. We used to have that in Winyard, where our midget team and our senior hockey team would dress up on the second level. They'd walk out and then down the stairs. But you'd always wait for the opposition to get on the ice, and then they'd have to watch you march down the stairs. It was so intimidating to the opposition to watch that happen every game. That's a small-town Saskatchewan thing. Come to think of it, our dressing room in Milestone was on the second floor, too. But at least we didn't have a stupid drawbridge to get onto the ice. We went downstairs like normal human beings. <sighs> sort of the Hitler thing, and I don't say that uh, lightly, uh, on the Bobby Hole thing. It's been, you don't need to 
have me recap Bobby Hull's off-ice exploits, if you will, for lack of a better term. Um, Don, our Navy friend, says, Bobby Hull, name me one person of note who has never stubbed their toe, and I'll show you waterproof property in the Florida Keys. Randy from Winnipeg says, thank you, Bobby, for bringing NHL hockey to the peg. Without him, there would be no Jets. I watched the pregame ceremony last night from Canada Life Center. It was, um, it was amazing. They did a wonderful job. The, you know, f- profiling his number in the rafters, the projecting his image on the ice. It was great. They love Bobby Hull in Winnipeg. And I understand what he did. Um, again, well documented. But the athletic, the, I subscribe to the athletic. Sometimes I wonder why, but I still do. The writer that covers the Blackhawks out of Chicago. Can't remember his name, but he tweeted, Bobby Hull was a horrible person who just happened to be good at hockey. And then his article. And it drew people's ire, obviously. I want to say something about my personal connection to Bobby Hull. Oddest thing. I never met him. But I've done tons of events with his brother, Dennis. Tons. For the last 25. I know Dennis very well. His son, Brett, I was around because the Dallas Stars thing and my dad uh, working for the team that he played for and I was around the team a lot. And then his, one of his sons, Bart, played for the Rough Riders and I was covering the Rough Riders when Bart played for the Rough Riders in the 90s when the Riders were terrible. Do you Rider fans remember Bart Hull? He was a, there and he was a Canadian fullback, basically a special teamer. Nobody would remember him. Nobody remembers who the Riders' Canadian fullback was last year, let alone in 1996. It was Bart Hull, I remember it. Very good-looking guy, very good-looking family. I guess what I will sum up here is, Serena and I have talked about it a lot, from Tiger Woods to various people that have a very distinctly a different persona away from the playing arena. It's up to us to decide whether you want to cheer for them or not. What's up with Bobby and his past wives and his family is kind of their business. If you want to cheer for him as a hockey player and an icon, then go ahead. That's what I prefer to do. Again, if I've met him, I might feel differently, but I haven't even met him. I want to remember him as the iconic hockey player, the Golden Jet. If you want to remember him for what you've read or you have a personal experience and a reason not to like him, then that's up to you too. But can we allow people to make their own choices on that? Fair? Yeah, I think so. I think we have to make our own choices. And you know what? It's okay to, you know, be a fan of somebody on the ice and like them on the ice, but not agree with how they act as a human being outside of hockey. It's okay to cheer for somebody and, you know, leave it at the rink. And if he was great for the fans in Winnipeg and and, and awesome for the game, then that's really good. Doesn't mean we have to celebrate the way he acted off the ace or hold him in high regard that way, but we can we can appreciate the the player and the impact that he had on the game of hockey because he is one of the icons, he is one of the legends, and that's never going to change. I guess remember him how you want to, but to fight over it is uh, kind of sad, but that's where we are in society. Wayne in Victoria, B.C. says, no human being is without flaws. He definitely had his flaws, but was a great hockey player. Uh, I would agree. (laughs) Here, here. Way to go, Wayne. Humans aren't perfect. Uh, Breaking news. From Jeff, the Stamps fan, Bobby Hall is polarizing. I think we can all agree he was a great player, great hockey ambassador, but perhaps a troubled soul with some vices. Uh, Right. Exactly. And he's gone now, so maybe learn. 
you know, there's a comment come into our website, rodpeterson.com today, about to George Jones, comparing him to George Jones. Maybe one day there'll be a documentary made about Bobby's life there has with George Jones, and you watch it and go, wow. Well, I'm just going to enjoy his music. <laughs> you know? Anyways, I, uh, moving on, we covered that topic to death. By the way, who was it that wrote in here and said, can they at least modernize that rink in Lang? Oh, it was John Ohm. John Ohm. Could they modernize the How? Have you seen yeah. these Saskatchewan rinks? No. Modernize it by... Lighting a bag of chips on fire. It's about the only way I was you can say do it. By lighting it on fire would be the only way, but I'm not advocating it for that to happen. Uh, moving on, the point three, we're only on point three. The Toronto Raptors couldn't hold a fourth quarter lead on the road Monday, dropped the 114-106 decision to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Chris Paul had a crucial three-pointer to push the Suns ahead by four with 1.30 to go. Raptors are now 2-2 two and two on this roadie. They're at Utah Wednesday. The Atlanta Hawks lost at Portland 129-125. For the NFL fans, of which we're all big ones, the San Francisco 49ers announced quarterback Brock Purdy uh, tore a ligament in his throwing elbow, putting his status for the start of next season in question. Uh, you saw the, the UCL ladder, uh, ligament, ulnar collateral ligament in his right arm. I'm no doctor, Darren, but that sounds serious. The fact that he came back yeah. in the game probably should be rousely, uh, roundly applauded. I agree. It's a, it's a devastating injury for him. They're talking about Tommy John surgery, potentially, or Ooh. avoiding Tommy John surgery. We know what that does to baseball pitchers. Um, it's rare you see these types of injuries in quarterbacks, actually, and, and a little surprising. But, you know, now the conversation, at least largely through the NFL, has been about options at quarterback for San Francisco. We were talking not that long ago about Brock Purdy being the future and about them being comfortable with Brock Purdy. Now we're starting to hear the Tom Brady rumors again that potentially he can come in, oh. lead them to a Super Bowl next year, and let Trey Lance and Brock Purdy fight it out for who's going to be the next guy. But uh, that's what this injury has done. They need to find a quarterback now. We're, we're just going to pick this back up an hour or two. I haven't even got to the CFL stuff yet, and we will later on. When you mentioned Tom Brady, uh, you saw the headlines, I assume, from last week. He's still doing his Monday night podcast with Jim Gray, and it was last week where mm -hmm. I made headlines. Jim Gray, who has a history of asking annoying questions, asked Tom if he knew where he was going to play this year or where he's going to play this year. And Tom's like, no, I don't effing know, Jim. <laughs> I'm like, if you, I mean, I haven't met Tom Brady. I'm pretty sure at some point I will here with this circle of people that I'm cavorting with. But I can see it. We're just watching the documentary on him. He's human too, FYI. And he's tired of it. And I'm sure he's thinking, Jim, I wouldn't think on my own freaking podcast I'd be asked this question. When, when I know, you'll know. Can I speak for Tom Brady in that? Because you <laughs> said Tom's name has come up linked to San Francisco. He's linked to Miami. He's linked to Las Vegas. This morning they're saying Lamar Jackson is going to sign with Atlanta. I'm already tired of it. We're not even, haven't even played the Super Bowl yet. So that's what we're going to be listening to for the next several months. But with regards to Tom, I'm okay with it. Everybody else, yeah. it gets annoying. Anyways, do you have a quick thought on that in 30 seconds or less? No, I'm good. We can pick it up next hour, but it's only going to get wilder from here when it comes to the quarterback controversies in the NFL.
Well, it's going fast, and that means we're having fun. And that will continue with Morley Scott next from 6.30, Ched. It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, your favorite podcast platform, and on the radio, 99.1 FM, WQEE. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. You betcha, and we got a real fight brewing here. On Instagram, the Oilers are winning the vote 73% for the best retro reverse jersey. We're into the uh, round three of our retro reverse jersey bracket. 73% for the Oilers. Yet on Twitter, 70% voting for the Los Angeles Kings. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I'm sure our next guy's going to vote for Edmonton without even having to look at them. Because Morley Scott from 630 Chet is the voice of the Edmonton Elks. But for a longer time was the radio color voice of the Edmonton Oilers. Hi, uh, Morley. How you doing, buddy? Good, Rod. How are you, man? Good. Really good. Looking forward to uh, coming back to Canada here this spring and following the CFL trail. But before we jump into all those things, it's All-Star Week here in South Florida. Do you have NHL All-Star memories either that you've attended or just watching? One that stands out to you, a favorite one? Uh, the only one I've really attended that I remember was the one in Edmonton uh, back in, in the late 80s. And it was in Edmonton and it was uh, the year after Gretzky was traded and uh, Gretzky and Curry played on the same line for the Western Conference and you know everyone was pretty nostalgic about that one and maybe my best memory from that was uh, the concert they had that went uh, with it with uh, with Katie Lang in a very intimate setting and we had a lot of fun at that so uh, hockey wise I've never been a big fan of the all-star game because it's not really a game right it's just it's just shinny uh, it's great to see the stars showing off and showing off their talent and everything but uh, Hockey-wise, it's not really a game. So the hockey memories from the All-Star game not really don't really have a lot of them. Isn't that interesting, though, that you would bring up Katie Lang and you remember it because it's the entertainment's a huge part of it. Fallout Boy is uh, part of the headlining act here at the All-Star Week in South Florida. 2015 Grey Cup they played. You might remember that mm -hmm. game, Morley. I'm I not do sure remember your that. team won the championship. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? I might remember it, yes. So... Uh, yeah, and, and by the way, Wednesday marks the 30-year anniversary of Gary Bettman's tenure of the uh, as the commissioner of the National Hockey League. What grade would you give him on his report card? Well, it, it's it's all about the money, right? Uh, he's made a lot of people an awful lot of money in the last 30 years, so I think you got to give him a, a very good grade, a good passing grade. He's expanded the league. Uh, he's got big TV contracts or bigger TV contracts, and salaries have gone up and teams are making more money than ever before so i think uh if you grade him on what he was hired to do he's done a pretty good job at it i would agree i would agree there's a lot that don't like him for whatever reason particularly yeah. in canada but i give him an a he took the league to a, a long long ways you know so to the cfl it's funny you mentioned that great segue morley is the voice of the edmonton elks they're, 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 I guess, going to announce an American TV deal here shortly for the Canadian Football League. Uh, what do you think that will mean for the CFL to be in more televisions and living rooms in America? Well, it's it's a good recruiting tool. Uh, it'll let players who uh, maybe aren't even on have the CFL on their radar. It'll get it on the radar if they can see the game and see it's a, 
It's a pretty entertaining game. I can see some of the players who play the game and can see the facilities that they play. And I think that is maybe the biggest part of it, especially when they're battling now with the XFL and the USFL to, to recruit players. So I think that'll be a big part of it. I don't know how much money they're going to get out of it. Uh, if they can get more money, which I understand they are, I don't know how much more, but they're going to get more money from their American TV deal. That helps as well. So, uh, But for the most part, I think it's more of a recruiting tool than anything else and gets the game in front of the eyes of the players who will, in a few years, be in the league. It does really help a lot. As a matter of fact, specifically in the, the longtime audience will remember me saying this, Danny McManus told me he grew up Dania Beach, Florida, about 20 miles from where I'm at right now, watching the CFL on television. So when he showed up in Winnipeg in 1990, 1990 he knew exactly what he was getting into. Um, now, but you, So you say that, Morley, i got to say this. I listened to a lot of your games this year. I told you that. <laughs> Driving around Alberta. 630's got a big signal. You had some long nights, my friend, <laughs> having to call some blowouts. Well, some forget delays. that. It's been a couple of long years, Rod. It's been a couple of long years. Yeah. But yeah, okay. last year we had a couple of long nights, even especially when they're playing the BC Lions, because they, they chewed up the Elks uh, last year. So yeah, it, it's been a difficult, uh, difficult time for the fan base here. Um, seven wins in the last two seasons, not a single win on home field. So yeah, they've, they've got, they've got some work to do, uh, to, to get this team back to where everyone expects it to be. So are you spending any time in your role looking back and is the organization or are you just clear, you know, straight forward? I think they've learned from mistakes and, and, you know, uh, for one thing, I don't think they're doing too much looking back as far as the management group goes, because they've only been in the job for a year. Uh, you can't, you, you can't fix and you can't blame them for what happened before they took over. And I'm talking about Victor Cui as team president and Chris Jones as general manager and coach of the football operation side of things. So, uh, you can't fix it and you can't, you, you know, you're not to blame for it. So you just got to move ahead, do what you think is best. Uh, Victor Cui's done a terrific job, I think, of uh, trying to repair the bridge that really got blown up between the fan base and the organization. Uh, the fans uh, appreciate what he's been doing. He's made a lot of moves that the fans approve of. Uh, but it's coming down to just win some games, for goodness sakes. Uh, you know, the best marketing tool for any sports team is winning games. And the Alks haven't helped themselves out in that part, but especially not winning at home for the last 17 games going back to 2019. So do you have belief that there will be more wins this year from what you see? I, I think they're going to be a better team. I, I think so. I think they've gone about in their own free agency so far. Uh, they've, they've done a really good job of, of uh, acquiring or reacquiring the, the pieces that they think are part of the puzzle going forward. Chris Jones came in with G. Roy Simon last year. They didn't really know what they had, and that's why they just signed everybody they could, and they were just throwing football players against the wall to see if they'd stick. And they, they were able to sort out the good guys, the guys they wanted, and they're signing those guys, and they're bringing those guys back. Now they know where their weaknesses are, and that's, I think, what they're approaching in the offseason with their scouting and their free agent signings will be uh, uh, getting, you know, filling some holes, filling the weaknesses on the club. But I'm, I was just this morning going over the list of players that, that they have signed or re-signed since the season ended. First, Taylor Cornelius, they gave him a two-year contract just before the season, a two-year extension, so he's locked up. Uh, the two brightest spots of the football team uh, late season, running back Kevin Brown and receiver Dylan Mitchell, they're both re-signed uh, for the next couple of years. Uh, then it was uh, David Foku on the O-line. 
Adam Konar. Uh, then they got Lucas Purifoy, uh, which was a really big move for them, I think, in free agency after BC released him. They re-signed Jake Ceresna. They re-signed Manny Arsenal, uh, Ante Litre, uh, Ed Gainey, and uh, Niles Morgan last week. So those are, I, I think, the guys that, that are going to be part of that core group, along with some guys that are already signed and, and moving forward. So I think they, they wanted to do through free agency. They got a couple of guys out there who they're still trying to, to negotiate with. And uh, the window for uh, the uh, the legal tampering period, as we call it, uh, opens up on Sunday. And that's when everybody's going to start to hear some offers. But they still have Kenny uh, Lawler out there, who uh, obviously they want to re-sign. And uh, Darrell Walker, who they have to make a decision on as well, if they're going to try and bring him back or move on from him. So those are the two main names that are still on their own free agent list. And then they're, then they're going to have to go after, start going after other guys. Well, the track record of Jones is that they will be better as you know you know him better than anybody uh, my last question arlen bruce the third's watching you remember ab he says touchdown celebrations are the new wave he says during my time playing touchdown celebrations were frowned upon i took time to come up with those celebrations <laughs> lol yeah ab got fined and i think suspended for some of those ridiculously it made me think about bo levi saying at his news conference in hamilton he's going to make the cfl fun to watch again with the oc tommy condell what did you think with that trade and then that comment from my good friend Bo? I, I already thought the CFL was fun to watch. Surprise, you know, so yeah. I'm surprised Bo said that. Maybe maybe it's going to be fun for Bo to watch again because he's been watching from the sidelines for the last uh, uh, few games of last year, so it'll be different for him. Uh, that trade uh, really worked out well for Hamilton. They did a terrific job with it, and, and they gave the full-court press. And it's, it's, you know, if you go back and look at it, uh, tradition dictates in, in the CFL when you make a trade like that, you're going to sign the guy. But Bo seemed a little different. He kept saying he was going to go to free agency. He kept saying, and everyone said, you know, Saskatchewan's going to make him a big offer. Toronto might make him an offer, too, depending on, on what's going on with McLeod Bethel Thompson. Uh, Thomas. And, and then they, they they were able to get the deal done. They, they signed him. They gave him what he wanted. Probably not as much as he might have got on the free agent market, but uh, he left a little on the table to sign some players, which is going to be very interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm real anxious to see how free agency works out and what kind of a role Bo plays in it in Hamilton and, and who that one big receiver is is that they're going to go after, and maybe it's Gino Lewis, maybe it's Kenny Lawler, maybe it's somebody else, but uh, you want to bet that the, that they've got some money set aside for a pretty good receiver for both. It's going to absolutely be a ton of fun to watch. Morley, always great chatting sports with you, my friend. Can't wait to see you this spring and summer, and thanks for the time today, bud. Anytime, Rod. Look forward to seeing you, man. Take care. All right. The Don't voice of the Edmonton Morley Scott has <laughs> some sunscreen. I heard you. I heard you. Uh, we'll be right back with a viewer takeover and sports update. It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, your favorite podcast platform, and 99.1 FM WQEE. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. 
Yeah, I know, I know, I know. By far, it's your favorite sports talk show. Thank you for that. Here on Game Plus TV, WQEE. Uh, sports update coming up. We were talking about what's become a sensation and just this week. The hockey rink in Lang, Saskatchewan. It's seven miles from the town where I grew up. And go to Spittin' Chicklets, go to Bar Down, go to any of the popular hockey social media accounts. And they're showing this tiny little rink, which I'm sure has natural ice. And if you don't know what that means, you never will. And for the teams to, to come onto the ice, they come from the second floor, and then they have to step onto a drawbridge catwalk that once you step on it, it drops down to the ice. It's not motorized. It's not hydraulics. It's by hand. It's like a castle from the 1600s. I'm shocked they still have ice. I had no idea that rink was even still open, and I don't think that it should be. Write it down. So, Corey writes in from Radville on the 902 line and says, my dad played lots of senior hockey in Lang, LOL. He said it was dangerous as hell. The pillars stuck out so far on the side and the stairs come down during one game, almost killed someone. I don't doubt it for a second, but those pillars aren't indigenous to Lang. We had them, just about every rink had them. I'm sure some still do. And again, if you don't know what pillars in a rink are or naturalize, you never will. So let's move along. Regarding the Bo Horvat trade, the Vancouver Canucks of the NHL trading their captain to the New York Islanders. Kirk watching says they essentially picked JT Miller over Bo Horvat. That should tell you that this organization is lost and beyond saving. It's kind of like the Lang rink. Can we burn it down? Start over. That's what the Vancouver Canucks need. But, Kirk, you're an Oilers fan. And I've become a Florida Panthers fan, so I guess our opinion doesn't really count for much. Um, to that sports update I was promising. How about... Oh, hang on. It's... <laughs> you're not going to want to hear this. But it's so hot here in South Florida, my fingers are sweating. That it's sticking up my laptop. The Canadian Premier League announced its 2023 regular season schedule on Monday. The Canadian-based Pro Soccer League has teams from coast to coast and will kick off their season Friday, April the 14th, with a match between Vancouver FC and Pacifico FC. That's Victoria. The last day of the regular season is October 7th, pitting Atletico Ottawa versus the Hamilton Forge. For the full schedule, visit canpl.ca. I went for the first time last year. Watched the Cavalry in Calgary, and it's amazing. Really amazing. I'm a Canadian Premier League fan. Portland Winterhawks forward Chaz Lucius has been named WHL Player of the Week. The Winnipeg Jets prospect from Lawrence, Kansas, posted four multi-point games totaling 11 points as his Winterhawks claimed first place in the Western Conference. Last minute of play in our one Meanwhile, Tri-City Americans goaltender Thomas Suhanek has been named WHL Goalie of the Week. Suhanek finished the week at 3-0, 1.67 goals against average, and a 9.48 save percentage. If the name sounds familiar, it should. He was the goaltender for who, Clark? Cheshire, right? At the World Jays. Thomas Bingo! Suhanek. This sports update brought to you by... 
Landmark cinemas and theaters now. A Man Called Otto, based on the comical and moving number one New York Times bestseller, A Man Called Otto tells the story of Otto Anderson, played by Tom Hanks, a grumpy widower who is very set in his ways. When a lively young family moves in next door, he meets his match in quick-witted and very pregnant Marisol. That's, that sounds fantastic. It's in theaters now. Landmark Cinemas. Checks it, check it out and get back to me whether you like it or not. Hour two up next after this brief pause on Game Plus at WQEE. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.